Hey, and welcome to the Citizen Coder Podcast. In this first episode, I talked to Eric Van Johnson, one of the people behind PHP Architect and the development team at Diego Dev. We discuss hosting podcasts, why PHP isn't dead, restraining orders, pair programming terror, Eric gives me advice on starting my own podcast, and so much more. Let's dive in. Have you always recorded using Zoom? So, no. You know, when we first started doing Ugly, whatever, how many years it's been now? Yeah. We we originally started recording using Hangout. And the only reason we started using Hangout was because at that time, you could actually stream your Hangout directly to YouTube. But we've we've messed with a lot of different options out there. Yeah. Now, we, we actually have like this hodgepodge of things we do. So we... We all connect through service called, um, oh crap, I can't remember what the hell the first service is called. Let me, let me look it up real quick. It's, it's on our, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Voodoo Ninja, VDO.ninja. Oh. Okay. That's how, that's how we get everybody into the same like room. Right. And then the thing about that Video Ninja is that on, so Thomas has manages OBS for us now. So on Thomas's end, he can take everybody's cameras and create separate little panels for them. So lots of options okay. out there. Really depends yeah. on if, if you want to do video streaming or just audio streaming. Like initially, sure. initially we were just, it was just going to be an audio podcast. We were just using Hangout to, to meet and I don't know, right. we just kept streaming it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think um, maybe over time. Um, after I get a little bit better uh, set up, I might start doing some video. I'll have to get a decent, halfway decent camera um, and microphone, obviously. <laughs> well, let's, um, let's let's take a minute, though. I mean, obviously, you, yeah. you know a lot more about me than I know about you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, you reached out to me, interested in doing some podcasting. So, obviously, I, I started stalking you on, on YouTube. I knew um, you were stalking me. <laughs> but why don't you tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do? And like, I don't think yeah. you were a PHP person, but now you no, well, kind. I mean, not particularly. So I'm kind of like uh, all over the place. Like I've I've tried to learn a lot of different programming languages and frameworks, and you know, I've messed with Ruby and uh, Java. I've I've sort of avoided JavaScript like the plague, if I, if at all possible. And, you know, and even I, I, I bought a course probably a couple years ago on PHP and I went through a big portion of it. I really liked it. Um, and I've been kind of, I think the reason I went for PHP was because I didn't like JavaScript and I still <laughs> wanted to do web stuff. <laughs> That's a good excuse. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, trying to circumvent that. Um, and so I I started uh, re kind of relearning PHP recently, more just like brushing up because I sort of you know you know how it is when you when you step away from something for a while, and uh, and I kind of wanted to go deeper, maybe learn a framework, Laravel or or uh, Code Igniter Igniter or something like that. Um, and I'm like you know what maybe I'm stuck at work and I want something to listen to, so maybe I'd find a PHP podcast or something like that, and ran into into PHP Ugly. And <laughs> I started listening, but yeah. Um, so I started learning to, to code in 2017, 16, maybe late 2016, early. 20, and uh, 
just haven't really made much of an attempt to like find a job or or anything along those lines. Although that was why I initially got into coding to begin with. Yeah. Um, support so the, the good, family. The good news is I don't know how current the material was in that training course you took, mm-hmm. but the good news is PHP where it's at today and where it's been at for like the last five plus years is completely different than where it was 15 20 years ago uh, not completely different but it has it has matured so much as so many of the um, early day bad coding practice sort of stuff that php had as kind of it's all starting to be kind of filtered out of the language and you know we sure. have like type hints and a lot more structured coding so learning php now as long as you're learning with current material, mm-hmm. it is fantastic. And uh, yeah, so great time to be jumping into it, let me tell you. <laughs> Especially somebody coming like yourself, coming from a more structured language like Java. I mean, it's right. just the, the jump is is way, way less as far as a lot of the concepts are now starting to, all these concepts all these structured concepts around languages are are starting to find themselves into all the other languages right right it's good yeah even even javascript to some extent also (laughs) yeah you know i i so you say javascript i equate javascript a lot to front end and i i avoid front end as much as possible um if you listen to i don't know where you're at listening to the show but about a couple years ago Mm -hmm. um so I I'm I do a lot of Laravel work. That's yeah. kind of the framework I've stuck with for the last few years. And a few years ago, there was a package introduced into the Laravel world called LiveWire. And oh, okay, yeah. It, check that out. It's going to totally blow your mind. So with LiveWire, like all that JavaScripty stuff mm-hmm. that you have to do, so much of it can be done in LiveWire, which is all pure PHP. Oh, okay. So you don't you don't touch JavaScript. There is like a companion JavaScript framework you can attach to it called Alpine JS, which is a very, very minimalistic JavaScript framework. And that's really just to kind of, kind of give that JavaScript feel to like clicking buttons and stuff like that. Um, right. But yeah, Livewire, Laravel, it's, if you want something to look up, look up the tall stack, which is, tall stack. yeah, Tailwind, Alpine, Laravel, and Livewire. Those four things right there, the tall stack will change your life. It's just such a pleasure. That That's my sweet spot right there. Like every project I, I spin up, I mm-hmm. always like configure it to be tall. And then I go from there. Okay. All right. I will, I'll take a look at that. Is that pretty much what you, what you're currently using on the job or yeah. um, I, know, I know you run your own business still. Yeah. Yeah. We have a, we have a, like a whole range. I mean, we have some legacy code we manage and we have, mm-hmm. You know, greenfield stuff we do, and any greenfield stuff—that's what what I'm throwing at it—is the tall stack. Okay, okay, that that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I think I'm around episode eighty, I think somewhere in that range. Um, Why are you listening to those shows? Oh my god, <laughs> I can't even remember like eighty. I have I have gone forward uh, uh, this past weekend and tried to listen to some of the the, uh, the newer ones. So like two ninety eight uh, through like I don't know two ninety three or two ninety two. 
But, uh, you know, a lot of the, it, it's funny kind of because a lot of it was happening during the uh, initial pandemic stuff. Um, so it's kind of funny to, to hear things from, from that angle, like the, the doom and gloom and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so fun, for fun the stuff. record, yeah. episode 80 was October 12th, 2017. Wow. Has it really been almost five years? Wow. Oh, that's, I mean, that's since that. All right. Now I got to go back. When did we start this whole? I thought it was 2018. I thought it was in 2018. Maybe I hadn't hit 2018 yet. Oh, yeah. Look at that. We didn't even start streaming until really consistently until episode 16. Uh, And that was back in 2016. Wow. That's crazy, man. That's so (laughs) crazy. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good good listening, though. I mean, it's, it's fun stuff, you know. It's not. I like the the lack of scripting for the most part. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you feel like like you guys do a little more scripting now? Yeah. Than you did what we what we do now and what we've been doing for a while is, uh, I mean, the the whole premise of the show was for us to just kind of get together and shoot the shit, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. But we didn't always have things to talk about, right? you know, depending on what's going on in our lives. There's like just not like that mm-hmm. much to discuss. So sure. a, a while back, we started keeping uh, things in a Trello board. So John, Tom and myself, we all have our own like stack in Trello. And as we come across like articles and stuff through the week, we'll add them to the Trello board. So when, oh. we, when we start recording the concept is like if, if Tom puts something on his Trello board, I, like ideally I go in there and look at the Trello board before the show. Mm-hmm. And if there's something that like sparks my interest, I might go and read it just so I can have like an interesting conversation about it. But right. yeah, for the most part, the Trello board is kind of like what we fall back to. Like we'll, we'll kind of talk, then everybody starts looking at their Trello board and we'll start kind of leading into t- talking points that lead into Trello cards and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean that's about as far as we go as far as planning a show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with with that many people, you, though you you know you're you're bound to have some kind of random stuff going on, or you know, have to right. throw out and talk about. Yeah, somebody, um, somebody always seems to be able to carry the show some on, on some level. Sure. Yeah. 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 And that that kind of makes it fun. I'm thinking I'm probably going to do more one on one or. You know, maybe have a couple people on, just depending on on what's what's going on. Uh, I talked to a lady yesterday on Twitter that does a lot of. Uh, uh, she does some work for a nonprofit in Kenya that I guess they're you know helping people kind of learn how to code, uh, but you know they have limited resources, limited internet, you know that kind of thing. Um, and then you know teaching kids how to code over there also. Um, so we're trying to set something up, maybe having her on and uh, the uh, founder of the nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe I'll just kind of do a somewhat interviewee style, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't really have a group of friends to just throw on and make them talk. <laughs> I, I was about to say, I mean, it's a great way to make friends. I was I was yeah. writing for about two years, the community corner column that i wrote for php architect was kind of that same premise i would just reach out to people to interview and just write up a quick little column about about them and man oh. that was great because you get to talk to so many just 
so many people and so many smart people. It's fun. Right, right. That, that actually sounds like a blast. Um, now, this PHP Ugly isn't your only podcast, right? Or is it? No, no. So John and I kind of do a podcast for a PHP architect called PHP Podcasts, which, you know, it's just there used to be a couple of podcasts for PHP Podcasts a month, but we've kind of limited it to one now. And then I actually am, I call myself the steward of another podcast called PHP Roundtable, which okay. is long-standing podcast. I mean, Sammy, Sammy K started PHP Roundtable well before PHP Ugly. And, uh, you know, he, about a year ago, as a matter of fact, yeah, almost, almost a year ago exactly now, um, he reached out to me because he hadn't been doing anything with it for a while and said, Hey, you know, you mind, you mind managing this for a while? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can definitely do it. And honestly, I, I, I don't get to it as much as I like. I like PHP Roundtable because it's kind mm-hmm. of that same interview format, but. Oh, okay. We're doing it. We're doing it a little different now where we have like this set panel and then we kind of bring in other people, subject matter experts on things that we want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's check it out. There's not a lot there since I've taken it over. I think, I mean, over the last year, I think I've done like three or four shows and like a couple of those. <laughs> one of them, which you might actually like, I, I interviewed uh, the creator of Laravel, a couple of people oh. big in the Laravel community. And yeah, at the time, maybe. yeah, at the time I was going through like a dental crisis where my wisdom teeth had, had impacted my other teeth. Oh, and and yeah. there was like this cavity that it was pushing. I was in so much pain mm. and we were selling our house. I had so much, I should have, I look back at that one. I'm like, I should have canceled that. I should have canceled that <laughs> podcast. That was horrible, but you were probably dying. <laughs> oh man, I, very much so. It was uh, tough. So let me ask you a couple questions. First thing, yeah, you, why, yeah. why, 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 why do you want to do this? Why do you want to podcast? Man, I've actually thought about podcasting on and off for a bunch of years, and I have never really run into anything that like interesting enough to jump into. You know, I I actually a while back I wrote two or three novels and Jeez. just kind of what, what? wow just two or three novels you know i just had something just i had some time to kill <laughs> i actually did i got laid off from a job so my first one i think i don't know i wrote relatively quickly the the first one's usually the the worst mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh so um but i you know i've i've thought about podcasting for a while but i just really didn't know what i was going to cover or what you know what would be that interesting to me to to talk about i did try you know some like solo podcasty stuff but didn't never released any of it just kind of recorded yeah i don't know just um i was listening to your guys podcast and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do it i'm just i'm just gonna jump in um that's kind of how I feel about streaming. Like I've always wanted to stream like while I'm coding, stream my code. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like like hey, I don't have that much confidence. Like I know how much googling I do to, right. to find things. I'm like I don't want people to know how much googling I do. I don't want potential <laughs> clients to see how much googling I do. Sure. There's the, for me it's like when I co- for me personally when I code, I get into like a zone where 
I'm not good to interact with. I just, I just lock in and I start going. But more importantly is when I'm not in that zone and I'm trying to stream, I'm like, yeah, I'm just talking to myself here. Like, there's like nobody here. What am I doing? You know, (laughs) Talking to yourself is part of the fun, just like Googling. But I know what you mean. Like I, uh, I get serious imposter syndrome. If, you know, uh, if anybody's watching me while I'm trying to program. Yeah, Um, me too. So that just never goes away, does it? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, even even when it's John, John will pair. I I enjoy pair programming with John just because I can bounce things off him, and and he has a good a lot of good insight. But mm-hmm. I cannot type with that guy watching me. Like I can't freaking type. It <laughs> freaks me out, and I don't know why. And I just think it's, it's just people in general, like trying to pair or just anybody watching me. I just. Yeah. Yeah, I just start to lock up or something. It's really weird. Yeah, well, I mean it's it's not that weird. It's it's kind of like uh, when I was when I was a kid, I played um in some piano recitals and it's, you know, having someone watch you do something when basically all of their attention is on you can really just kind of screw with your head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So well, and, Tom, you know, Tom's been been kind of doing the job hunt thing and doing all these coding yeah. tests, and I'm like, I I couldn't do it. Like, I couldn't do a coding test. I just yeah. did my head too hard. I don't. I don't even know. Like, maybe that's that's part of the reason why I haven't taken the plunge and just started applying. That and uh, I don't really have a portfolio. Yeah. Like I've I've built some small crap, and you know, my GitHub is full of you know, projects, <laughs> partial yeah. projects, yeah. tutorial projects, just like a whole slew of, you know, I know how to use Git. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I with, without you oversharing, I will say, uh, you know, depending on your age and depending mm-hmm. on how much money you make now and how much money you would like to make when you code, that, that barrier could be very, very challenging. You know, younger people who are just getting into development, uh, who are just, you know, happy to be making above minimum wage sort of positions or, or entry level positions, not so hard, mm-hmm. especially for PHP. I mean, there's just so much PHP work out there. But, oh. you know, depending on, you know, if, if you're, if you're more, you know, if you're older, if you're not like just yeah, out of college or something like that. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. not just out of college. I'm, I'm 45, 45. So that's about <laughs> where, that's about where I started. Oh yeah, going full time development, full time code. Now keep in mind, I had to start a company to hire myself. But that's fair. I mean, you know, (laughs) you got it. Yeah. Now I had been doing, I had been doing um, IT stuff for years, including coding. Like I, I was in operations for a long time, and I, you know, I did a lot of coding and within that area. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't this crazy jump then, but to that it was. I was in, before that. I was in water purification for like oh. ten years. Oh wow! Yeah, and that's what I I did that until I was uh, mid thirties, I guess, and then I got into you know system ops because of a, a friend I had, and did that for about ten years, and then got into full time development. So I mean, it is possible, but. Yeah, it's it's um it can be it can be a little bit of challenge. Now, you sound like you're here in the U.S. Are you in the U.S.? Yeah, I'm in the U.S. Yeah, I'm in I'm in uh, Arkansas. So um, again, oh, Jesus, that's where the 
that's where Taylor from Laravel, the creator of Laravel lives. In, oh, he, so, yeah. where at, you know? I don't know. The, 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 the restraining okay. order is very strict <laughs> about me, how much I can. For you, it's 100 miles? Yeah, yeah. It's a radius of 50 miles. So. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, so the, the good thing, especially if you go PHP, there's just so much PHP work out there. Or it seems to be. Like, there just seems to be so much PHP work. I don't see a lot of established, well, yeah, established. I, I'm going to say established PHP developers looking for work. So mm. it's out there. The other good thing about it in... This is like one of the things people like to put out there. And yeah. it's it's fine if it works, but it's not as easy as they make it seem. But it's sure. open, open source, right? You can right. always code stuff and open source it. And then when you do get in a position to get interviewed, having established packages out there or open source projects out there that you contribute to or you maintain. Oh, yeah. That makes up a lot of ground for you, especially, you know, like I said, you're in your 40s and you're just getting into development on a regular basis. That sort of thing can make up a lot of ground for you. Okay. All right. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So as far as like portfolio projects, what kind of stuff would you say would be useful? I mean, again, I keep going back to the fact you have, you have to make a living today, right? So Mm -hmm. what, what, time you have to contribute really dictates that i mean do you want to take on and maintain your own project that's tough to do if you if you have a full-time job if you have a family if you have a life you know that that could be challenging at this level right looking for other projects that have that that you can contribute to is probably your best bet and i i can even share with you i actually have i still have a Google search that I do that like you can put into, I mean, not Google, GitHub search you can do that will look for PHP projects that are, that the maintainer has tagged like a good first put PR, first PR or something like that. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll go through it. Even today I go through them and say, okay, do I'm going to try to tackle any of these. Oh. It's fun. I mean, it's a good thing. So, I mean, yeah, it's what what works best for you. I mean, how much time and effort you're willing to put into it because it might not actually pay off, you know? It just Right, right. It needs to be fun for you and you need to enjoy it. Yeah, that's kind of the whole point when it comes to doing any kind of open source stuff. Definitely would have to be interesting or, you know, enjoyable. Another thing you can consider and I so so I always had this dream of being able to organize this and make it easier for people. But another thing you can consider is um, you mentioned the uh, kind of got open source in the in the head now the charity of uh, the mm-hmm. nonprofit that that you're thinking about doing the interview with. Oh look yeah, for yeah. Non, look for nonprofits that need help, and because they're typically very accommodating, very understanding that volunteers are volunteers and they take what they can from them okay yeah so look for nonprofits. i don't know if if you're a church person but you can look in your churches you can look in you know what there's always nonprofits that are looking for help especially in this day and age where it or code is touching everything and there's nothing nothing exists without code touching it anymore yeah that's true a lot there's definitely a lot out there uh so i one big question is PHP dead? 
It depends. If you if you're a really good developer, I would say yes because I don't need I don't need the extra competition in the market. I I say that to all good developers. I'm like, yeah, PHP's dead. Don't mess with it. You know, I like having the work. But yeah, no, that's funny. It is far from dead. I can assure you. I I kind of figured, but I thought I should ask. <laughs> now I, I will say there were there were many years where PHP was very much on life support, and it's. PHP internals team, we everybody owes such debt of gratitude to the PHP internals team, who's they're the core contributors. Many of them don't even write in PHP, but they, you know, they're all C programmers who write the code that makes PHP. Right, right. And they're the ones that a few years back said, "Okay, listen, you know, back in the PHP five days, so PHP five stuck around forever." And there was there was an attempt to come up with a new release of PHP six, which stumbled and fell on its face, and everybody pulled back. And so we lived in PHP five world for years and years. And finally, the internal team said, "Okay, we've got to regroup. We've got to get some structure. We've got to organize this." And that's what they did. And they started to identify, "Okay, what to, what what are we doing? What do we consider we're doing wrong in PHP that we need to fix?" And what is happening in the world of development that we need to make sure we can do in PHP? And just look at the releases from, you know, five five to where we're at now in eight two, mm-hmm. and just the feature sets that have come out have just been incredible. And the speed performance, the speed performance. Oh my God! When we hit PHP seven, all of a sudden everybody stopped talking about how fast PHP was because. Or how slow PHP was, because it was no longer a barrier, and it hasn't <clears throat> been for a long time. So, when you say you support legacy PHP, like how old of how old of PHP are you supporting? Well, so we we nurse. There's a few big code bases we have, different clients. The one we work on, I think when we originally came in, I want to say it was like around five four. And we now have that up to eight. So we've been, we've been bringing, bringing it up. And the legacy part is like, it's no framework. It's, it's just, you know, PHP, um, kind of some homegrown solutions. We've kind of been trying to weed that out and bring it up mm-hmm. to speed. John, the framework he works in, the, not the framework, the client he works on, the code base he works on, that code base. When he first started working on it, which keep in mind was like 10 years ago, it was okay. on PHP 4. So he, oh, wow. even for the time that they were, that they were coding in, they were way behind. And I right. don't know yeah. what that's up to now, but I, I feel like getting, I know they're not on eight yet because I'm working on a project that I have eight one on. And John's always talking about how he can't wait to get eight so that he can use this feature <laughs> or that feature, something else. So. Huh. I know they're not there yet, but I'm pretty sure they're on seven. They're pretty high up on seven. Uh, you guys, how long have you been running this company? So this company's been running for about 10 years now. Yeah, about 10 years. And we've had, I mean, we, we've had some highs and lows. If We had, I think our, our team was up to like a dozen people back in like the real heyday. Like when things were really going well, we had a bunch of clients. Mm-hmm. COVID hit us hard. Uh, We were very fortunate. You know, John and I always prided ourselves on having a lot of runway. Uh, 
So we're really happy that we didn't have to lay people off through the whole COVID thing, but we lost contracts, like lost contracts, like nobody's business. Um, but we managed to hold on to a couple of our bigger contracts, even though they, they scaled back. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we're kind of like in that, like, uh, we have to keep hustling phase again. Like I thought we had gotten over that hump, but I guess yeah. you, you never really get over that hump. <laughs> <laughs> no, not as. A- I guess not, I'd say freelancer, but you know, but also running your own business. I ran a uh, computer repair business. It's I guess it's been early or I'm trying to think if it was early two thousands or I don't know. It was it was actually closer to two thousand nine ish. I think I started mm-hmm. uh, until we moved out here in twenty sixteen, and I did. Basically, computer repair, networking, things like that. For I had a couple of call centers, um, were my two big clients, and mm. you know, and then I had another uh, um, another business that had like people working from home, so doing call center stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, a slew of like small customers here and there. But right. it was constant hustle, like trying to drum up business and you know, or keep business going and. And especially now with with most hardware, like our you know laptops are kind of throwaway for the most part. With you know how how cheap they can make them, and obviously there's some stuff that are better repaired, but like Apple machines. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as far as like you know even desktops and things like that, were easier to replace one for a couple hundred bucks than get it fixed. But yeah, so that's, that's kind of kind of the hustle, just trying to you know keep business going. It's not uh, not easy, and it kind of sucks being stuck in that mode of yeah. must find business. <laughs> yeah, especially when I mean the whole the whole thing. You know, for John and I, at least we love coding. I mean, it's what mm-hmm. we enjoy doing is what we prefer to be doing. And so you know, running a business just in general. You have all this additional work you have to do, right? These taxes mm-hmm. and, you know, state regulations and things. So that sucks. But then mm-hmm. on top of it, you know, having to constantly try to bring in more business and you, you need to bring in business and typically you need to bring in more business than you had bandwidth for because you need that overlap so you can bring in more people. And it's just, mm-hmm. it, it just, challenging so challenging yeah balancing the overhead with the yeah with the amount of work you have to do yeah how big is your okay i was gonna say how big is your team now uh what do we got we want to three four five six i think i think you can say it's like six seven people including john myself so like another four additional people four or five additional people oh okay yeah not giant but (laughs) <laughs> no so does it at least pay the bills or are you, you able yeah to find it? yeah the business pays the bills now john and i recently purchased php architect the magazine okay that's the um that whole brand oh, i was gonna say that was the like i i thought you guys owned it um but then listening to the earlier stuff you were talking about it as if it wasn't yours it so wasn't I- <laughs> we, we, so, so we just we just took over the brand last october so we're almost to a year now of releasing magazines ourselves and it, it's all digital now right or so it, so print. it's digital but we still offer a print print 
subscription. As a matter of fact, I just got this. Uh, here's uh, here's August. I just got this month's in the mail. Oh, I forgot I got the blur on. Where is that working? It's not working with the blur. There it is. That works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I saw that one. And it's. I haven't read it, but. I... For me personally, I mean, even before I owned the magazine, I would almost never read the physical copy. Like, I take the physical copy and I throw it in my bag or I throw it in my car so that mm-hmm. when I'm somewhere and I need something to do, I have something to flip through. Yeah. I just like, I just, I love the quality and I, I really enjoy the magazine. So I, I've been a subscriber to the physical copy, I think, the entire time that they've offered it. Oh. Uh, but yeah. That's good. It's cool. It's always good to flip around. Yeah, and, and you know, physical magazines are kind of dwindling also. Yeah, um, some, some would call it a dead uh, a dead industry. I don't know. Somebody's you know, everybody thought that that um that books that print books were gonna go away with the you know, with digital books, but they've actually found that now that the that the rush of I don't know, you call it the gold rush of digital books has come and gone. I think it's still sitting at around 60 print, 40 digital. Oh, um, really? that, that is surprising. In terms of, yeah. So there's still quite a quite a bit. Reselling books on Amazon is a huge, huge market. Mm. Lots of people just, you know, going That's and it. finding books. I t- tell my wife as well. It's like, you know, I like graphic novels or comics. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't even know how, how, you know how mature you want to feel. but Oh, uh, no, I've read quite a, quite a bit. <laughs> but like digital, I mean, it's great to have the digital to always reference to, but it doesn't replace having the comic, like having the actual comic. It really, really doesn't. Um, even if you've got a reader that is, you know, about the same screen size, it's still not, it's not the same reading on a screen. It's just not, not the same. Um, I'll, I'll still always buy paper books and, you know, for, for some things, um, you know, like I'll read programming books and things like that on on the web um, or on you know on my phone, but you know for the most part I'm, I'm either reading uh, reading paper paper books or I'm doing audio books, just because it's you know it's a lot easier to do that at work than <laughs> than it is to pull out a book. So now, what what's your plan with the podcast? Like, are you are you thinking like so? You're only talk you're only talking about doing an audio initially, right? Yeah, for now. And um, are you going to edit the audio? Like when we, oh. I mean, technically we still do it, but like when we first started recording, mm-hmm. I would spend it took me like three or four days of edit a single show just because I, I was, remember you saying that <laughs> it was, I was so bad at it. And you know, it's always weird back in the day when you heard your own voice on recording, Yeah, try editing a podcast that you're talking yeah. on. And you're like, why do I keep saying that? Why do I keep saying that? Like these little <laughs> vocal ticks that you have, you're, uh-huh. it just drives you nuts. Right. The, do they still drive you nuts? No, no, I just don't edit the podcast anymore. No, no I, <laughs> I, I really credit you- a lot. I credit doing that to becoming a little bit of a better speaker. I know I still have them, but sure. I feel like I've gotten a lot better with the ums and and but but but, which I still do. But but it was so bad like early <laughs> days. And also, it helps that, you know, I have the flow down. Like, it used to 
bother me with with three people in the podcast. We in the early days, we would just talk over each other constantly. And like yeah. two two or three people would just start talking. It's like, oh my God, you can't understand anything being said. And so that would be a lot of my time is like, you know, cleaning that up, taking somebody out. That's something else, you know, you know, I say that all the time. And I know that because I edit my podcasts. <laughs> but cleaning up, cleaning up, you know, people talking. I said it again. God damn it. Cleaning up people over talking over top of each other. Right. We as a group have gotten better at that. And that's helped out tremendously. We've also gotten, like you mentioned, getting nicer equipment. Um, yeah. Those early podcasts, oh, some of them were so hard to listen to. So hard to listen to. The the better equipment on, especially the mic. Obviously, the mic is huge for all three of us. Have made it so much easier. Right. And then I, I also use I use services that help like clean up like background noise. And I, I've been trying out a service that is meant to take out a lot of like the stuttering and the. Which does a pretty good job, but that the only reason, the only reason we can do this. So when I asked why you were thinking about being a podcaster, you gave the right right answer, which is not for fame and fortune. Like if you say anything but fortune, you're doing good. (laughs) And initially, you know, we were like, I said, you know, again, you see, you got me going back to my old ways. Initially, when we did it. It wasn't about like making money off it. We had no intention of making money off of it. And then I don't know when it happened. It's been a while now, but somebody joked about creating a Patreon. I'm like, okay, I'll, if you want to buy us a cup of coffee, uh, I'll create a Patreon account that you can buy us coffee on. And so I had done that. And all of a sudden we started getting these Patreon supporters. And it's that that allowed us to like invest in some services, buy mm-hmm. nicer mics. And so like things, the, like this AI service we're using, I think it's like, I, I would have to look at it. I think it's like 50 bucks a year or something. It's not yeah. a lot of money, but it's a lot of yeah. money when all you're doing is spending money. Sure. But because we have some Patreon supporters, it was like, okay, well, yeah, let's, let's use this service and see if the service works. So our Patreon supporters allow us to like have services that help us release the podcast. So that's can't do it for money, but like if people are willing to help you with your podcasts, right? You know, t- take the offer. Have Have you guys picked up any sponsorships? Like I know you've joked at least in the episodes I've listened to about sponsorships, and uh, there was a mattress thrown in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for whatever reason, we do have a couple a couple of sponsors. We have we've had a long running sponsor now. And we're just getting ready to pick up another one, it sounds like. Um, so, yeah. Um, and we've gotten some flack about it. I mean, people say, what is this, a commercial? Why is there a commercial on PHP Ugly? And it's like, because they want to give us money. Why wouldn't we put a commercial on right. here? Yeah, I don't see a problem with, with sponsors. You know, I watch a lot of YouTubers. And, uh, you know, uh, some of them didn't do sponsors sponsors early on. And then they added sponsors later. And a lot of them have, like... You know, they've made posts like, uh, I hope this is okay, but, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Pay your bills. Right. Exactly. <laughs> now, to uh, our credit, and I don't think I'm lying here, I want to be sure of this, but to our credit, we have never actively seeked out sponsorship. Like, we haven't done, like, these 
spam emails saying, hey, sponsor our podcast. Mm-hmm. Here's here's what our demographic looks like. We haven't done that. It's just has been one of these things where people have reached out to us and said, hey, we're in this business. We're in this industry. Would you be interested in us sponsoring some shows? So, yeah, right. Sure. Yeah, why not? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I don't get, I don't have a good reason to say no. So sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't like money. And it's a weird, it's a weird, such a weird conversation because they're like, okay, how much does it cost to sponsor? And it's like, I don't know, how much are you paying other people? <laughs> right, right. Like, I have no going, freaking idea. Going right. exactly. <laughs> no idea what what the what they pay. So yeah, it's fun. It's it's again nothing you can do, nothing that's going to replace you know my full time job. Sure, but it's it's been it's it's grown into more than I ever thought it would be. Like I I had a hard stop at a hundred episodes. I'm like if we if we make it to hundred episodes, that's it. I think that's a good place to wrap it up, and we just be done with it. And what we're about to do, number three hundred here, like either yeah. the next show or the show after, it'll be three hundred. Yeah, I think you're on two ninety eight. Yeah. See, Nobody I know my, more about your podcast than you do. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much drink my way through it and then just try yeah, to forget yeah. it. <laughs> I was going to say, are you? I don't see you drinking any scotch. <laughs> I got my uh, scotch. It's always behind me. It's up. Oh, it's blurred. You can't see it. It's it's behind me. Trust is, me. What? How do you how do you blur the background like that? It's just Zoom. It's a setting in Zoom. Okay, it must be one of those uh, those yeah. paid things. I think. Might be I, I don't even know. I think I can actually unblur it. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, same same nice. background. Yeah. What do you got back there? Bobbleheads. Yeah, uh, I got, got my uh, got my bat. backwards. Got my Batman bobbleheads here, and then nice. all my other little miscellaneous ones, including a bobblehead, a bobblehead of myself from back in my baseball days. That's no way. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, got, got a couple of bobbleheads. Got my PHP architect back there. Got, a, got yeah, all my elephants. The, the elephants. You got it. Wow, you got a lot of elephants. Yeah, these are all different elephants from different groups and organizations and things. Huh. And then, of course, the PHP architect one is up there as well. Nice. Yeah. Do you you play any video games? Not a big video game. Participant. There's a group of people in the PHP community that play um, Among Us. I think is okay. Yeah, which is I, I guess is. I'm kind of familiar with it. Yeah, not a hardcore video game, but it's, I keep saying I'm going to get into it. I was, mm-hmm. I was, I enjoyed it for a little while. A Fortnite, not Fortnite. Fortnite? No, not Fortnite. What was it called? Holy smokes! I don't remember now. Fortress. Uh, uh, team Team Fortress. Team Fortress. There you go. Wow, it's been so long. I gotten really deep into that. Like, if you go into my Steam account, yeah. I probably had like hundreds of hours of playing Team Fortress, and I realized, yeah, I gotta stop playing this. <laughs> like, I just I'm spending nice. way too much time, and it was, it was, it was emotionally getting to me. Like, I was, I was getting angry when certain things weren't going my way, and I'm right. like, yeah, this I gotta gotta stop. So I, I did like one of those cold turkey quits, and oh wow, cold yeah. turkey. I don't yeah, know if I, I can. Pretty pretty good at that. I can usually quit things pretty quickly if I need to. I don't know if I could go cold turkey on video games. What's your, uh, what's okay. your drug of choice here? Uh, I like RPGs, and yeah. um, but I don't really, I don't play long periods of time anymore. Um, when my wife and I first got married, we actually played Dark Age of Camelot, 
really mm-hmm. old MMO. I don't know if you ever heard of that. It came out in 2001, I think. Um, and then we played some World of Warcraft for a while. But she, uh, she, she developed some kind of a syndrome where she she gets car sick or motion sickness looking at a screen. Oh wow! The camera yeah. turns. Or any kind of camera turning makes mm-hmm. her sick. Mm-hmm. So uh, we 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 stopped really playing big games like that. Like I, I'll play some single player stuff here and there, but you know it's more just like an hour here, hour there. It's not really like I'm just I'm not just I'm not hardcore into video gaming as much as I used to be. Um, mm-hmm. you know, back then, I probably you know I, I could throw I could lose a whole day. <laughs> yeah, that, that was me. Yeah, yeah, sure. whole day in a game easy, you know. Uh, and just kind of you know slowly kind of backed out of it. And I probably went through periods where I just didn't play at all. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like if if I have free time, generally trying to code until I need feel like I need a break, and then you know I might throw something on for an hour or so. Right, but that's yeah. kind of it. Yeah, that I totally totally get that. And yeah, it just I remember especially near the end, like when I played Team Fortress. I mean, playing for a couple hours was easy. And mm-hmm. like when I finished, I would just feel like so unsatisfied. I'm like, I could have spent that hour that hour or two coding and gotten right. more of a feeling of satisfaction mm-hmm. from that. Do you have any personal projects that you're working on? I wish I had more time. No. I mean, pretty much my entire life right now is the PHP architect stuff, the Diego dev stuff. Yeah. And I don't have, I mean, personal projects like outside of like, I've gotten into yard work. Like I look forward <laughs> to my weekends and grabbing yeah. my lawnmower and cutting my grass. I just, <laughs> I've become I, that I guy. Cut grass, I'll die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have, I'm very, very allergic to grass. It's very hard to cut grass. I try. Yeah, but, we're. Uh, I mean, here in Southern California, grass is hard to come by. So I've been. Yeah. The house we we purchased recently had grass, and I told the wife, "I'm like, hey, you know, we gotta we gotta try to keep this grass." And so I've I've been I've been nursing it. <laughs> I was gonna say you probably have to you probably have to actually water your grass to have grass out there. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, we basically live in the desert. I, I don't. I don't know yeah. if it's technically considered the desert, but but it's pretty of, much all of California is pretty much a desert. Yeah, I I spent some time in Tucson. I'm assuming it's roughly the same. Um, yeah, Tucson. So all desert. My my parents lived around that area. It's kind of the same, except like the heat in Arizona is so intense. Oh my god. It's, oh yeah, yeah. It it really is. It's it's dry heat, so it's a little more. That doesn't make it better. I'm sorry, it doesn't make it better. <laughs> hey, you haven't experienced an Arkansas summer yet. <laughs> no, it's just freaking humid here. Yeah. So in Tucson, it would get up to. I mean, it would probably be about 120 degrees in the summer, but it was, but it was dry. So if you got 120 degrees in Arkansas, it'd feel like 150. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's just 90 pretty, degrees in Arkansas yeah. probably feels like 100. Yeah, it gets it's pretty bad. Pretty mm-hmm. bad. Although this summer, I don't know, this summer's been weird. Like we did have some really hot hot days and then like today, even today it's kind of I don't know, it's probably 80s, high 80s, I guess. Uh, last I checked, but yeah. Um 
not not nearly as bad as it has been. Although I figure later on this month, it months half over, <laughs> could be worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my hope. I keep going back to the magazine, but especially with the magazine, my my life almost feels like Groundhog Day. Like the at the beginning of the month, we're you know like we've usually gotten the magazine release, but we still have to do the print copy and stuff, and then immediately we're you're starting to bug columnists for the next month's column because we know and the best case scenario is we get next month's column like a week or two within the previous month and that gives us plenty of time to proofread to go back and forth with like hey there's you know want some changes or stuff like that but it's like that's my entire life now it's like either releasing the magazine trying to bug the columnists to get articles in for the magazine or preparing to release the magazine. And that's my month every month. This is... <laughs> do, you, do you have the same columnist writing or do you get different ones? Yeah. So we have established columnists that have their articles month after month. And then we typically have two to sometimes three feature articles. So those are like guest contributors who say, Hey, you know, I have this idea for an article. Are you interested in They'll submit and we'll we'll publish it. So we have, I think we have like six or seven regular contributors and then two, like I said, two to three feature. And and it's all paid. Like they all get paid for the columns. Like the feature columnists get paid. The regular contributors get paid. So, yeah, it's nice. Whoever's doing the layouts on that is doing a really good job. Yeah. I was looking over some of the, some of the magazines. Yeah. If you're not looking in like the last year, then we can't take credit for it. And even if you are looking at last year, we still can't take credit for it because John and I don't actually do the layouts. We uh, <laughs> we just kind of go in there after the fact and do a, do a little cleanup here and there. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. I think I'm about out of questions. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, I did want to say, you asked me earlier about um, editing the podcast. I don't really know how much editing I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I say I'm a lot. <laughs> but I hadn't really, I guess I haven't really considered how much editing to, to put in. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to take, you know, a whole bunch of days. Yeah. To edit. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, again, depending on what, if this is just like a passion project, something you want to do and put out there. And if you say anything of interest, people will start listening. And people, this is what we've done with PSP Ugly. The people who listen to the show are the ones who direct the show. And, right. They would say, "Hey, your, your your mic sucks, or Tom's mic sucks, or they're the <laughs> ones that would direct it." And yeah, we're not like I've said a few, few times, we're not making a living off this. So if if the time is available, mm-hmm. we'll we'll do it. But there have been times where because we live stream now, I'll just if things are like really tight on time, or something's gone sideways, or something's gone squirrely, I'll just download the YouTube video pull the audio out of it and publish that. You know, that's just, just the way it is. Oh, yeah. so, you know, you'll, you'll find a, find a feel for it. You'll, there are people like Sammy who did a PHP roundtable. When I inherited PHP roundtable, the work he put into it and the production stuff that he did behind the scenes that people, nobody ever sees, nobody ever sees this stuff that right. Sammy had set up behind the scenes. It's just incredible. And and that was because this was a passion project for him. He enjoyed doing it, and so he did it. So the only thing I would say is just kind of set a threshold and say, 
hey, I'm going to I'm going to dedicate, you know, two, three, five hours a week or whatever you want to set in mm-hmm. especially for the first couple of months, kind of stick to that because it's very easy and I'm very guilty of this of overextending yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's when things it goes from being fun passion pro- passion project to God, I can't believe we're gonna do this. You know, like you just feel like you're starting to feel trapped and it's not meant to be like that and it shouldn't be like that. So just kind of kind of set those thresholds and adhere to them. And they can be adjusted as time goes on. Like maybe you want maybe you have more time that you want to put towards it because it's you're making some progress or maybe you're not making a lot of progress and you want to pull back and maybe you want to miss a miss a month or miss a week or whatever. Mm. You should be able to do all that guilt free. Don't don't put yourself under too much stress about it. It's fun, man. It's meant to be fun. Yeah, yeah. You you gotta have a good time or it's not really worth doing. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I think that's the best advice I could give you. Just keep it fun. That goes with coding too. Keep it fun. Especially now. Like the ideally you'll get to a point where you're you're making a living off it and this is mm-hmm. you know, you're dependent on it, but like right now you're not. So right. make sure it stays fun, you know, enjoy it. Yeah, that's Thanks. that's kind of the hardest part for me, um, with that. Just because, you know, I'm constantly in the back of my mind I'm thinking, you know, I gotta gotta make more money, you know, I gotta you know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh and that and that's that's because I came across it as a way to uh, you know, support my family better, things like that. And it absolutely is. And and you can definitely work towards that. So whatever I don't want to get too much into your business or, or any no, of that. No. But, you know, whatever the urgency is, mm-hmm. it will kind of dictate that. Because if you have the skill set, PHP one hundred percent is the direction you want to go with this because there's I just there's a lot of work out there. There's a lot of PHP work out there. I think I think you'll be okay. It's you decide if you can afford it. You know, if you put yourself out there today, you you would probably find work. Honestly, that much. That's that's <laughs> how I feel. It slowed down. It slowed down during the pandemic, but then all these places yeah. are are spinning back up, and then and a lot of people have have figured out. You know, hey, I, I can work remote, and I don't have to work at this one place anymore that I thought in my head I've been kind of conditioned to think oh i have to go to work i have to go to this building and i have to work in a cubicle and mm-hmm. this was the only place close and these developers discovered they they are no longer they no longer have that constraint and so a lot of companies lost developers because they were finding other positions maybe paying mm-hmm. more maybe fit their lifestyle more whatever the reason may be right so, a lot of companies that didn't think they were going to go to remote are now coming to the realization of, hey, we need to reconsider this model and see if remote works for us. Yeah, because it definitely works for the employees. Yeah. <laughs> with coding, with development especially, it's such it's so easy. to It's a measurable contribution. It's so easy to measure what somebody remote is doing it's not like mm. you you have no insight to the person you you can see their development in the code that they generate right well, wish you love luck man and, and again you ever need anything you ever have any other questions you can absolutely reach out to me twitter you know you dm, DM me on twitter that's probably the best way i don't i don't hang out on twitter all day every day but sure there, sure and then 
the the PHP Ugly Discord. If you're not in there, pop in there. Yeah, I actually popped in there a few days ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, figured what the heck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not That's... sure who everybody is in there yet, but uh... <laughs> you'll you'll get to know them. We have <laughs> regulars for sure, and you'll you'll get to, you'll get to know all of them. If you ever have a question, let me know. It's I Discord has been one of those pleasant surprises. We didn't have Discord for. I think we've only had it for like a year, maybe two years now on the show. And it, it has really changed. Like it's just, I, I, I enjoy discord a lot and I, and I don't contribute a lot. Like I'm more of a lurker and it's, it's my, you know, it's my discord, right. But I'm more yeah, of a yeah. lurker. Sure. I just enjoy the people. We've been very fortunate with people who listen to the show and who participate in discord. They're all very smart. They all get along and they all kind of have very similar temperaments so mm-hmm. i enjoy our discord very much it's been a <laughs> blast <laughs> uh, wordpress what about what about wordpress don't, don't say <laughs> wordpress what's wrong with you i don't know <laughs> we, don't, we don't say those words Come on. certain things we're proud of and certain things we don't talk about I'm just curious <laughs> what's the uh... <laughs> what, what's the skinny on wordpress yeah what's the skinny on wordpress WordPress is a weird little ecosystem in PHP. Uh, you can have WordPress developers who very much do not consider themselves PHP developers. And you can have WordPress developers who flat out aren't PHP developers. Uh, it's It's been a thing. WordPress, WordPress has gotten a little bit of a bad rap, but also WordPress was one of the things that I feel like was holding PHP up for a very long time. Because WordPress oh, had this concept of they were always going to be backwards compatible. So anything that got introduced to PHP that could jeopardize that, WordPress would circumvent. Hmm. And and I think I think some of the PHP internals back in the day took that in consideration of hey, you know, we don't want to change things up too much. Um that's changed a lot and and uh, I feel like I don't do a lot of WordPress stuff, but, but you know, I have uh, people, you know, I know that, that do. Um, it's, it's still very, there's a lot of history with WordPress. So understanding the underlying framework. And I do, I do kind of consider WordPress to be its own framework. You know, it's, it's kind of a big learning curve, but I'm not a huge fan of it, but I'm not going to knock it. I mean, it's, I think, I do think WordPress is why PHP is still around because WordPress got so ridiculously popular. Yeah. You know, it kind of, it kind of carried PHP for, for many years. Hmm. It's a thing that interests you again, lots of, I see a lot of people making money off WordPress. A lot of people make money, but it's never been one of those things that we've been interested in. We've actually turned down jobs. I mean, not because we have some sort of value system that doesn't allow us to work on WordPress. We just understand. You that. don't say those words. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we just understand that WordPress is a monster of, of a ecosystem. And it's naive for a regular PHP developer to think that they can just step into the WordPress ecosystem and be that productive. Out of mm, that, that makes sense. Yeah, it is definitely kind of a beast on its own, including you know having a a crap ton of its own functions and you know, and I've just I've dabbled in it over the years um, and hadn't really 
I guess I hadn't really dived into the code side. I've used it to build my own websites and things like that. And mm. um, uh, what was it? 20, 2018, I used it to build a, you know, an online store for a, a resort here in, well, one of those small towns adjacent to this one before they uh, closed down <laughs> for the <laughs> pandemic. Pandemic killed them. <laughs> but well, I mean, WordPress is a, is a very thriving ecosystem if it's, but to do it credit and to really make a living off it, you kind of, it's kind of like you have to dedicate yourself to it. And yeah. You kind of got to immerse yourself in it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can, people are going to make fun of you, but let them make fun of you. As long <laughs> as you're able to pay for your car, pay for your house, yeah. you make fun of me. That's how I felt about PHP. You can make fun of me as much as you want. I'm making a living off this. I enjoy doing it. So, yeah. Have you have you tried some of the other frameworks? So, yeah, I was a big Rails. I was I I went meant, big in Rails. I said I meant PHP ones. <laughs> All other frameworks and PHP. Yeah. yeah. So, before, no, I know. Before Laravel, I was a big cake PHP person. Cake. Yeah. And again, I I I was doing just kind of regular PHP, vanilla PHP for years. And mm-hmm. I struggled when when object oriented programming got introduced into PHP, and it was it was definitely becoming like, hey, this is this is the standard moving forward. Everything has to be object oriented. I struggled mm-hmm. a lot. I struggled a lot with it because I had taught myself just kind of regular vanilla PHP, and I couldn't get my head around some of these new concepts. Um, so, so I had that same trouble with Rails. Well, see, Rails is what saved my ass because I'm like, okay, I'm I'm going to do something different, and mm-hmm. uh, I I was working in DevOps, but I had a lot of developer friends. I'm like, hey, if you if web is where you're interested, Rails is going to change the world, and every everybody's going to be using Rails. I'm like, okay, I'll give Rails a try, <laughs> <laughs> and it helped. It helped me a lot because I didn't know Ruby, I didn't know Rails, and Rails yeah. was all object oriented, kind of out of the box. And so mm-hmm. it wasn't a hard thing for me to understand. Right. Eventually, I, I, I grew tired of Rails. I didn't see Rails progressing. Getting Rails deployed on a server, on a remote server, was a nightmare. I mean, PHP yeah. was everywhere. Getting and, Rails to run on anything is it's kind of a... It's a nightmare. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's bad. So mm. when, I, when I left when I left Rails... That's when I that's when I understood the concept of frameworks and and things like that, and then I started looking to PHP in the PHP world of, around frameworks, and I really got hooked on Cake PHP and thought even up until the day I, I switched over to Laravel on a complete flute. To be completely honest with you, we had a we had a user group. Oh, that's nothing. If you have any user groups in your area, look at user groups for work because we don't have wait. User groups? What do you mean? Uh, user groups. So go to like meetup.com and there's a PHP okay. user group. So just people, PHP developers who get together kind of died down during the pandemic, but they're starting, they're starting to pick up a little bit again. And there's, there's also a lot of online user groups you can check out. Great way to meet, meet friends, have really good deep conversations. Uh, check out PHP user groups. You definitely want to do that. And it was through a user group, actually through user groups where I met John. Which you know again changed my life. We ended up being becoming sort of friends, acquaintances, and, and started a started a business. But we had a, another friend in the user group who kept telling us about Laravel and kept going on and on about Laravel and how great it was and how it 
guys, the guys getting ready to release Laravel 4. It's going to pretty much the same conversation. It's going to change, change the world. world. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, I'm not really interested. I got my cake thing pretty much down. I enjoy cake a lot and all that. And uh, I was trying to do a talk for the user group and composer and had been introduced into PHP and installing packages through composer and package management. And there was something else. I forget what it was. And I remember thinking like, well, shoot, man, you know, what should I do here? Cause at the time cake didn't use composer. And I looked and I'm like, Hey, that Laravel framework, I can actually install the Laravel framework with composer. Let me try that. And I did. And it was just kind of one of those, Oh crap, this is kind of fun. I feel dirty, but it feels so good. I want to keep doing this. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was it. I just kind of got hooked. And, and it, and trust me, it was not a smooth ride from Laravel four to where Laravel, Laravel is today was very, <laughs> very bumpy, but mm. yeah, I stuck with it. Yeah. I've, I've heard the complaints. I mean, you know, from yeah. 2017. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. You kind of you kind of on that's that ride with us. <laughs> that's where I left off. Uh, is yeah. do they do they have a long term support version now, or is that still a problem? I don't think they do. Matter of fact, that was the topic of a recent show, not the last one. The one oh, maybe that was a recent one that you that I that I heard that. Yeah. So LTS is in you know. I was about to say to the guy's credit, it's you know it's just an open source project to him, but it's not. It is actually a business for him now. So mm-hmm. LTS is he, not that unusual. But he runs he, support, right? Runs yeah, long term like, support, support. Yeah. So it was a thing, and then I guess it's not a thing anymore. And it's it's. I mean, it's a lot to take on. I think trying to support an LTS uh, really kind of exposed some of the non-conforming release challenges that Laravel has. Like for a long time they weren't Simver, which was frustrating. And they they're constantly changing implementations on how they do things. Which I mean, again, if you're using Simver and they were they were major releases, it would be one thing, but it, it wasn't like that. So for them to kind of continue to support an LTS, I think they realized that they might have bitten off more than they can choose. So as far mm-hmm. as I know, I think it's it's going to be a dead thing. Yeah, who knows? You never know. Do you feel like it needs one? I think it needs one if it wants to be considered a professional framework, especially wait till you get to it. If you haven't gotten to it yet, the, the conversation on whether or not Laravel is enterprise ready, that yeah. Yeah. we were probably one of the first people to say it was not an enterprise ready framework. And my God, we got so much shit for it. Oh my God. And that just became, that's still kind of a meme on the show. Well, every now and then we'll talk about if something's enterprise ready. Enterprise um, ready. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I do think, you know, if they want to be taken seriously as a professional framework that companies can invest in, which is what they, what companies do when they, when they go with them mm-hmm. or, or for God's sake, if they really want to be considered enterprise, uh, they won't, they will never reach that plateau if they don't have an LTS that they actually support. So would it, be, would it be better to use a framework that only has one version? No, stop it. I know where you're going. You don't say it. <laughs> don't you say it. <laughs> no, but there are, there are, there are frameworks out there that, that are more compliant to enterprise like Symphony. That's where Symphony comes oh, in. Symphony. Okay. Yeah. Symphony, Symphony is a, a very company focused framework. I mean, they have a big community mm-hmm. and a lot of, you know, 
a lot of people just use Symphony for their side projects, but they also have a very structured commercial brand as well. And I think I think that's where for years it was Symphony and Zen, and then Zen kind of Zen kind of went away. So it's really Symphony, and I, I really think the market is prime for another kind of commercial entity. And I think Laravel is kind of there, whether mm-hmm. they want to be or not. They just right. Just yeah, missing components. Yeah, I was gonna say. Do you think maybe it's just a thing where they're in a place where they didn't mean to be, maybe don't want to be? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a lot of it. I think I don't think that was ever the roadmap of being this commercial framework. And if you follow Taylor, the guy just bought a Lambo, right? He has no desire to to to. Why why would he? Like, why would you want that extra stress on on you of trying to run? your framework, which you developed in your apartment, you know, as a side puzzle to where it is today, you're making good money off the ecosystem that you created around the framework. Why do you want that stress of having contracts with enterprises who aren't going to pat you on the back? They're going Mm. to, you know, push you and make you do more and complain. And so (laughs) I'm not sure Taylor's in a position to even care or want something like that, and I don't necessarily blame him. Right. I mean, I guess the only way would be if there was some sort of monetary, uh, um, you know, something in it monetarily for for doing all that. Right. Outside of what what he does, what he gets now, I guess. Right. Yeah. All right, man. I think cool, bud. I'll wrap it up with you, but yeah, you ever need anything? Reach out to me. Let me know, man. I'm here for you, and, and you'll find that to be true with a lot of people in the PHP community. Just uh, start reaching out to people, start talking in Discord. You'll be surprised, man. We're we're all pretty friendly for the most part, except for Tom. He's a dick. Except for Tom, he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> that that could be the title of your first podcast. Tom's a yeah. dick. Except for Tom, he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. No problem, man. You take it easy. You too. You've been listening to episode one of the Citizen Coder podcast. Subscribe for more episodes in the near future. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.